On today's show, we're looking at the NBA draft. Again, six new prospects to look at today. Onyeka Kongu, Isaac Okoro, Kyra Lewis, Obi Toppin. We're going to be talking about all those guys. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. As I said, we've got uh, prospects to talk about today. Kyra Lewis, Isaac Okoro, Tyrell Terry, Obi Toppin, Onyeka Okongwu, and Jalen Smith we're going to be talking about today. And we're going to be doing that talking with Spencer Perlman of The Step In. So might as well bring Spencer in so we can start talking NBA draft prospects. So welcome into the show, Spencer Perlman here for the first time. Spencer, welcome. Thanks for having me, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're here ready to talk NBA draft, which is about two weeks away at this point. And we're going to talk about prospects like we've been doing with all of these shows, talking about uh, you know, with draft people, about prospects they're higher on than perhaps consensus and prospects that they're lower on. And the first guy we're going to talk about here with you is someone who I've uh, just screwed up my graphic for. Just give me one second. All right, now we're in business. The first guy we're going to talk about here is Kyra Lewis from Alabama, a guy that in my latest mock draft, I jumped him way up. I put him up into the into the top 10, in fact. So I don't know if you're as high on him as what I am becoming at the moment, but he is a point guard from Alabama, six foot three, only 19 years old. Despite being a sophomore, he averaged almost 18 and a half points, five assists, 1.8 steals. Tell, tell us about why you are big into Kyra Lewis. Yeah, so um, I, I actually had him uh, like around eight, eight to ten for the last few months now. Um, I never understood why Mox had had him like twenty fourth. It just didn't make sense to me. But basically, um, you know, I thought he had a really good two years at Alabama last year. He was seventeen years old and he played really well. This year, he just improved upon it. Um, or seventeen turning eighteen, then eighteen turning nineteen this year, whatever. Um, but I mean, the first thing that jumps off the page is obviously the speed. Uh, he's just so fast end to end. And in the half court, he's, he's like a one cup running back. You know, he'll plant one leg and then he just drives and he's at the rim. Um, so the speed's definitely there. He's a really good shooter. Uh, he's not like a movement shooter. He's, you know, he's a relocation ish, um, more like an off the bounce kind of guy, but he can play off ball. Um, and then on top of that, you have the passing. Uh, he's not like an elite vision guy, like, you know, LaMelo is, or he doesn't have the vision that Killian Hayes has, but in terms of his passing skill, like the ability to actually hit every, uh, everywhere in the court, make every pass in the book, he's got it. And like the accuracy that he has with his offhand live action passes is absurd. Um, there's one play versus UNC that just completely ingrained in my mind where he's driving left on the switch against leaky black. He gets into the paint cross court whip pass to John Petty for a three with his left hand. And it's like, hits him right in the shooter's pocket. No hesitation. Um, just beautiful. Um, so, you know, it's a combination of speed, the shooting, um, the passing on offense and then on defense, like, yes, he's not 
that strong. Uh, he's apparently up to 180 now, you know, according to the combine. Um, but he's someone who competes. And, you know, he might get screened off at the top of the key, but if that happens, he does a really good job using his length and the speed to get back into the play to disrupt the play from behind. Um, and he just doesn't really make many mistakes. So, you know, when the game's in the line, you obviously want guys who are just going to increase the IQ, make sure everything just kind of goes a little bit smoother. And I think that's him. I had him going at number seven in my in my last mock, going to the Pistons there. I had him above RJ Hampton, obviously, and ahead of Tyrese Halliburton. Do you think he's a better point guard option than those guys? Yeah, I think right now um, Lamelo is my number one. Yep. Killian is like my number two, one A kind of, and then uh, Kyra is he's the clear cut number three. That's um, that's exactly how I have it as well. Um, the yeah. the free throw attempt rate isn't great, um, and I think some of that's to do with that size. Now you mentioned that he has put on some weight because he was playing at a I think sub one seventy level um, in college, so putting on that extra weight and strength is going to help there. But I, I like his three point attempt rate as well, and we know that yeah, point guard defense isn't the number one most important skill we're looking for with one of these guys. We all have that problem in the afternoon. You run out of energy, whether it's mental energy, physical energy, you're exercising, you're at work. There's that wall we all have to break through. And to break through that wall, Built Go is the solution. Built Go is a healthy replacement for your energy drink. The energy is not fake. It's lasting and it is natural. Built Go, little little energy gel type sachets that come in one and a half ounce packages. Stick it in your briefcase, put it in your golf bag, put it in your pocket, whatever you need to help you get through the day. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's natural and it's better for your body. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. The collagen protein is fast absorbing, gets into your system fast, and it is easy on your stomach. Built Go is also loaded with good stuff like beta alanine, B3, honey, caffeine, B6, and B12. The collagen in there also promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. Not only does it help you break through that energy wall, but it literally makes you look better. Go to builtgo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. So the promo code is LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. How convinced are you with the shot? Like he was a 36% shooter both years in college, four and a half to five attempts per game. It's decent volume. Do you think that is something that can be real from an NBA distance line? Yeah, I do. Um, and he shot well from NBA three. Um, I, I, I was tracking this, like one of the many things I tracked and um, he, he consistently hit from NBA three. Um, like I, I think it's going to be a pretty easy translation just between the volume that we've seen from college three and then the stuff from NBA three and then the free throw percentage. Um, I, I think he's, it should translate pretty quickly. I'm pretty excited to see how he goes. He's a guy who, who I was down on. I had him like late lottery in some of my earlier mocks and then jumped him right up to number seven. But I am in on him being that third point guard in this class. And we'll see how it all, uh, all translates across. But the next guy you're uh, high on here is Isaac Okoro. Wing player, 6'6", 19 years of age, out of Auburn. Now, I have soured a little bit on Okora. I had him at number nine in my last mock. He'd been higher than that in some of my other ones. I'm just, I'm not convinced about the offensive game. He averaged under 13 points per game in 32 minutes. He shot 29% from three. I think there is some room really there for his passing. And the defensive stuff is strong, even though the defensive you know, steals and block numbers aren't particularly high. Why or how high are you on Okora? And, and why do you see him translating uh, at a high level in the NBA? 
he's actually my number three player. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really high on him just because, you know, the defense I think is really good and Auburn's defensive scheme, you know, they switched a lot, but specifically for Okoro, he was guarding everyone from Kyra Lewis in one game. Then the next game he'll be guarding, um, you know, well, EJ Montgomery is not very good, but he'll be guarding, you know, fours and fives. Um, so the versatility is there and like, you know, obviously stocks matter, right? You know, you want some guy, you, you want guys who are going to be able to play, make off the ball on defense, play, make on the ball. But he would pretty much just like take guys out of the game by face guarding them. So and Deion Sanders though. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, Deion Sanders, Darrell Revis, um, oh, just yes. take them out. Um, so, you know, obviously he's not creating any activity, but at the same time, he's also not letting anything happen because of the guys not getting the ball, you know, he has no opportunity there. Um, so, I mean, I think the defense is legit both on and off ball. I think he's the best on ball wing defender in the draft. Yep. I think he's one of the top off ball defenders. He's not like Devin Vassell level, but he's not bad. Like he, he's that tier below. He's that very good non elite tier. Um, and then with, with respect to the offense, Honestly, the only part of the offensive game I don't really think is there is, is the three-point shot. Um, you know, the catch-and-shoot numbers mainly. Like, he, he had some games where he would hit some other games where he wouldn't. Um, but the off-the-bounce jumper, it's good. You know, the footwork's good. The the transition from the handle, getting into the jumper, into the, jumper the balance, it's all there. Um, and then the passing, as you mentioned, you know, the passing's legitimately good for a wing. And he's one of the best, if not the best, cutter and finisher in the draft. Um, so, you know, if you buy the shot to get to that, you know, you have to respect them from three range, um, which what, like 34, 35% on three, four attempts a game. I think that's really all he needs in order to be a very high end versatile two way player. Do you think the cutting is better than Denny Evdia? I've actually gone back and forth on both of them. <laughs> um, it, like it, it's one A and one B, um, you could flip a coin. I think I think Okoro's ability to maybe dislodge guys at the rim um, and his his left hand finishing ability probably gives him the edge there. But they're both like elite cutters um, and finishers, just different kinds. I guess part of the worry you have with Okoro is not only the fact that he was twenty nine percent shooter from three, but he was just sixty seven percent from the line. So yeah, that. That hope, I guess, of that improving is look. It can improve, obviously, because people can improve both of those numbers. But it's not great at this point. But fifty-one percent field goals, despite shooting twenty-nine percent from three, is strong. And the passing numbers don't really stand out, as the defensive numbers don't stand out, despite them both those things being good. So there is some upside there. I worry about. Yeah, he's never going to be a high usage, you know, wing type player. Um, yeah, in terms of you know passing from the wing and being low usage, that's more you know Kyle Anderson sort of a, a style of a player. I'm not saying he's anything really like Kyle Anderson defensively or anything like that, but that's that sort of player, that that wing guy who can pass, who can't really shoot, and is extremely low usage. That's sort of how I look at his uh, offensive game in that respect. Um, so that gives me a little bit of pause to have him that high, but I can totally see it because getting a wing defender who then can pass, and if there is shooting upside, it's super valuable, especially in a weaker class like this. I just did drop him down in my latest uh, in my latest mock. But if we go from guys that you do like into guys that maybe you don't like quite as much, let's talk about Tyrell Terry, the guard from Stanford. He's six foot two. He's twenty years of age. He great shooting numbers, forty-one percent from three on almost five attempts per game. He averaged almost fifteen points per game, o- over three assists. He's listed as a point guard. I 
really don't think that he's going to play too much point guard unless he plays point guard the way Landry Shamit plays point guard. I don't really see him as that sort of a player. How down are you on Terry and what's your major concern? Yeah, um, I don't, I don't see the lottery hype. I, I, you know, the earliest I would take him would be somewhere in the twenties. Um, in the twenties, I don't even necessarily think you'd get good value because like I would have somebody like Malachi Flynn, I would take him above Tyrell Terry. I actually think Yamadar, I think if he played in the NCAA, he would have been in the similar conversation with Terry. Um, it's just the size, you know, he, he's very small and people are going to say, Oh, you know, Steph, he was also very small coming out of Davidson. That's true. Steph was also much, much, much better. Um, so like in, in order, when you're that size, you need to have the, those outlier skills in order to minimize the negative effect that your lack of defensive ability is going to have on the defense. And while point guard defense isn't that important relative to at least wings and bigs, if you can be targeted on literally every possession, you will be targeted. You know, like we saw, we saw what teams did to Lou Williams, what, um, you know, Michael Porter Jr. Though he's obviously a wing, he was targeted. Um, you know, if, if there is a weak spot, teams will get to it. And I don't think he's going to have that offensive explosion on ball or off ball um, that you kind of need to get past that hump. And like, I, he's not someone who can, really run an offense through either I don't think so I agree he, you know he's not the point guard he's more of like an off ball um guy who play next to a wing initiator but it's the size it's the lack of like you know he's a good passer he's not a great one um but it's mainly just the size and yeah this the size I guess would probably be my, big, my biggest hiccup the shooting's real though I don't think I don't have any yeah. concerns about that like 41% from three I think it was like 89% from the free throw line yeah on almost what 110 attempts he missed yeah 12 free throws during the entirety of the season so that that's all real and that has value I had him at 23 in my last mock draft mm-hmm. and I did have him actually behind uh, Malachi Flynn as you mentioned so I had him at, at 23 yeah. and I think that's probably Smart the right man. spot and if you're looking at him going in the lottery I, yeah, I don't think that's the right decision but some people will because they do value that shooting but you're right there are concerns about what he does defensively and what can you do outside of shooting and whether you want someone that's completely you're one-dimensional spend that much on someone that looks to be uh quite one-dimensional is a question that teams have to have to think about I, i did have one more question that i should have asked before about isaac okoro that slipped my mind but i'm gonna throw it in now he's well not teammate but his former auburn player we didn't see play last year trumara kiki who do you think is the better prospect coming out Okoro is okay. Um, yeah, I don't think Chuma had the the legit, you know, primary playmaker potential that Okoro has. Not full time, mind you, but the ability to run sets against second units and actually just say, you know, here's the ball, we're going to run some pick and roll for you. I mean, Chuma was definitely the the better team defender. Um, he was a better shooter, obviously too. But I think in terms of overall skill package, Okoro is the better player. Interesting. I can't wait to see both of those guys in the NBA this coming season. The other guy that you're down on is Obi Toppin out of Dayton. He's a 6'9 power forward. He's already 22 years of age. He averaged 20 points per game last year for Dayton. He averaged almost over 7.5 boards, 1.2 blocks. He shot 39% from three. 
but this is a guy whose role as a freshman, or he redshirted first of all, his first year at Dayton. Then as a as a freshman, he yeah, averaged 14 points per game. Not really a huge part of what they were doing there. He still had 25 usage, but he just wasn't anywhere near that. And then really exploded as a guy who used his elite athleticism and explosiveness, and the fact that he was the number one guy on Dayton pretty comfortably. I'm impressed with the way he was able to improve his three point volume and hit them at a solid enough rate. But like you. Uh, I'm pretty worried about him. I had him all the way down at number 14 in my last mock. He keeps dropping and dropping and dropping. The talk of him going at number three or number five is insanity to me, given his age, his poor defense, and I just don't know how a guy who was that number one focused offensive player for Dayton is going to go in a smaller role. Like, what, what do you do with him? Like, where, where are your major concerns? Is it uh, Surely it's defensively, but do you have offensive worries as well? Yeah, um, the, the defense is far and away my biggest concern. Uh, he does not move well. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be 23 years old, I think, when the season starts, or, you know, early in the season. He's, what, 22.7 now. Um, yeah, so his birthday's in March. Yeah, like, he he moves like he's even older. Like, he, he moves like an older He man. moves like I do, really. Um, <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah, so, like, I saw on draft Twitter a few months back that, uh, Toppin's center of gravity is like in his neck and he moves like a 70 year old man with hip replacements, which yeah. I, I think is, is, you know, it's obviously not very nice, but I also don't think it's you know, that far off. Um, but just with the importance of big man defense, you, you can't switch with him. You can't switch with Obi um, because you can get right by him. So you, now you're hoping that he just kind of develops the awareness that he didn't display in college to protect the rim. Um, I don't really think you can just assume that it's going to come. Um, you know, you've seen some comparable or comps for him were, um, you know, like uh, John Collins, but John Collins, A, was more athletic and B, he was younger. So there was maybe a little bit more room to grow. Like if, if you're, if you don't have the, the positive defensive awareness or defensive IQ, whatever you want to call it, um, you need to have some way to offset that, and it's usually have the athleticism, which laterally he doesn't have. Now he has it vertically; like he's a fantastic vertical spacer. You now on offense, just quick load, like he gets up incredibly high. Um, but if you're not there to protect the rim, what good is how high you can jump really? Yeah, that's you. Got, you got to be in position to to do that. Yeah. And you know, Toppin's concern is you. Know, how how he has such I guess slow recognition of where he needs to be. You brought up yep. John Collins. Uh, Collins is only six months older than Obi Toppin, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, considering where Collins is in his career, the other name I've seen thrown around about Toppin, we're not because I've criticised him in the past and go, like, I don't know about this guy. Like, how is it going to work? People go, well, you know, Amari Sotomayor sucked the defense, and he was so good offensively. I don't think that Obi's game is probably quite there offensively to where Amare is was. And the game's also quite different in terms of when yeah. uh, Stoudemire was playing versus where he is now. Now, this, I, I guess I could see an area where he becomes really, really good offensively and you can negate that um, on defense. But what he is is a guy that is super athletic. He scores a lot on lobs. The shooting is pretty strong, but he's not like he's a strong passer or a guy that's an offensive hub that you want to have 27% usage as a player. He's not an elite high volume three-point shooter the way Carl Anthony Towns is. Maybe he can get there, but I just don't see it as at his height where you where you hide him and how the offensive game gets good enough where you can ignore those other flaws. I actually think he is a very good passer. Okay. Um, yeah, like... 
in terms of rankings for this draft, I think Xavier Tillman is like the gold standard for passing as a big. Um, but I think Obi's, and I'm not including Pokashevsky because he's some weird. No, he's he's not a big. He's a seven foot two point guard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's, he's yeah, <laughs> he's in his own category. Um, but I think top, you know, you get him on the short roll. He's a good passer. He's made some he made some really nice reads out of the post. Also, um, I 100 percent agree though with the whole he's not Amari thing because like Amari also played with so much like not anger, but it was it was like tenacity and like physicalness and he, he was so strong and like everything that he did Toppin not being able to back down guys who are a few inches shorter than him, who weigh less than him. You know, you're obviously not posting up that much in the NBA right now, but you kind of want to have somebody who can attack mismatch and he can't really do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a point as well is the fact that that like he is athletic, but he has no ability to, to back guys down or have that real strength. And it's, it's quite weird to watch when he plays yeah. how he has those struggles and I think we get or not we necessarily but some people get blinded by hey look he shot well he put up these massive numbers and look at how many highlights he had on ESPN I think that's part of it he was just just detonating dunks on guys all the time and when you watch his highlights it's either a pick and pop where he hits a three or it's a, a crazy finish over two guys in the paint which is great when you're playing for Dayton but is that going to work when you're going up against Rudy Gobert? Probably not. Again, against NBA-level right. defenders who are either on the perimeter to stop you getting in there or the ones at the rim. I just have my worries about that. How look? How down are you? Look, is he a lottery player still to you? Um, I mean, at a certain point, I guess value is still kind of value, right? So if you have somebody who can come in and he'll he'll score and he'll you know get seven or eight rebounds, he'll get a few assists. Um, basically just be hopefully some sort of bench plug sure um just looking with at teams in the lottery though like i wouldn't more towards the back end i mean the, the teams at the top of the lottery i wouldn't touch them no nah. um but like you know i wouldn't take him if i'm the kings because i like you know you already had bagley and he's kind of a four and a half more of a four you don't really want to play um top and next to zion either i don't think because then you're relying on him to be the rim protector. Agreed. And though, like, like on offense, you know, I might be able to work a little bit if Obi's three-point rate goes up a bit, but I'm just not a huge fan. Boston, sure, because I just trust Boston. But, like, I could I could see him falling unless if a team trades up. Now, I do think it would be pretty funny if he ends up in Minnesota because watching him and Towns play defense or <laughs> not play defense next to D'Angelo Russell, that would be, like, you know, you hit the over on every single – uh Point spread. The only place I had him go, okay, I, in my last mock, I had him at the Celtics at 14, and prior mm-hmm. to that, I had him at 11 going to the Spurs. But I'm not, maybe they can get some deep. They, they got defense out of Lamarcus Aldridge to some degree, yeah. and even DeMar DeRozan improved there as a defender, and Power Gasol was able to, you know, decrepit Power Gasol was able to lead a pretty strong defense. So I think there's some hope there. But uh, enough on OB Top, and let's talk about a couple of other guys now. Just just guys that, that, that need discussing. And number one of those is Onyeka Okongwu, the 6'9 center from USC's 19 years of age. I bumped him way up in my latest mock. I think that there is a real chance, and I believe he probably can be the best center in this class. I had him going at number three. I've had him all over that top you know, seven or eight range over this time. 
He is um, yeah, not particularly tall. 6'9 is, is not big, but he's strong. He can protect the rim. He's a really good defender. I have faith in his ability to switch. I don't really have faith in his shooting. Where do you, where are you sitting on a Kongui? Would you take him ahead of Wiseman? Because I did have him ahead of Wiseman in my last uh, mock. Or are you more down on him than that? I'm 100% taking him ahead of Wiseman. Okay. Um, yeah, it's not even close, really. Um, you know, Wiseman, he obviously has the seven foot one size, and he's... He's a good athlete, but he doesn't, you know, if you're running a pick and roll with guys, you really want guys who can get up pretty quickly. And Wiseman doesn't really do that. Okongwu, it's like he doesn't plant. He just like taps the floor and he'll explode up. And there's just like so much force, it seems like, surrounding him when he goes up that there's really no chance for anybody to, to you know, contest him or to bother him. Um, and then uh, defensively, I mean, Wiseman, you're really stuck in drop coverage. Uh, which is, is fine. Um, but at Kongu, you have drop, you can hedge, um, you know, you can play soft, you can obviously switch. Um, I think there's so much more d- defensive potential with a And then he had some like nice face-up passes this year. I think a couple of them were against Utah. Um, I like, I've seen some people say he's similar to Bam. Um, at the same stage, I, I could see that. I think Bam might've played a little bit more physically. Um, but on the flip side, I think Okongwu might have been a little bit better passer at the same stage. And you can't really project somebody to have Bam's freakish growth as a player. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Okongwu, I would take him as high as three. Um, That's exactly like, what I had him. Yeah, like, I, I, I love his game. I think whatever team ends up taking Wiseman above him, because I do think ultimately that is what happened, yep. I think they're going to end up regretting it. Yeah, that's exactly how I think it'll go. I had him at three going to Charlotte. I agree with the Bam comparison defensively, but you don't you don't look at a guy that struggled a little bit with their passing in college to turn into a point center the right. way that that Bam did. Like it's just not a realistic expectation. But defensively, the ability to switch, to protect the rim, um, to be a strong finisher as well. I'm not really ever convinced he's going to be a strong shooter. But 72% from the free throw line and over five attempts per game. It's not a bad start for a 19-year-old. So there is, I guess, some scope there that maybe in a few years he can stretch it out and not just become a paint finisher. But for now, what he does, the defensive versatility, I'm big into it. And it sounds like you're in the same sort of area to me. And the last guy we talk about is another big man, Jalen Smith from Maryland, 6'10", 20 years of age. He averaged 15 and 11 last season in his second season in college. Uh, His first year, he played 27 minutes and averaged 12 points. He's, uh, He's tall. He's not... He's got a weird sort of quite skinny body. He's not quite as strong as some of these other big men. But to me, I'm getting a little bit more interested in what he can do as a player. Um, Attempted almost three threes per game and hit him at 37%. Protects the rim pretty well. Am I missing anything with him? Uh, Do you think that he can be a solid enough, at the very least, backup center? Yeah. No, I think that's spot on. Um I think, you know, he's going to end up being a good backup center, maybe spot starter. He's, he's someone who I would actually like to see in New Orleans. Like, I don't know if I would take him as high as uh, 14 or 13, sorry. Um, but he and Zion would make an interesting yeah. fit together on both ends of the floor because Jalen can protect the rim. Zion can protect the rim a little bit, although, you know, still not great there. Um, you're definitely right with the frame also. Um, he's definitely more built in the upper body than the lower body. But what I like about Jalen specifically with the strength stuff is like you can, you know, you can be 250 pounds and if you play small, who cares? Like, you know, if you're getting back then, if you're not physical, it doesn't really matter that much. Um, Jalen's 220, 225, but he, he plays physically. Like 
he stonewalled some guys during conference play who had a good 20 pounds on 25 pounds on just because he was pushing back hard. Um, so while, you know, he's not stopping uh, Jokic, Nurkic and beat or those guys, he's not going to just let them push him over, but the shooting is real. Um, and it's cool because Mark Turgeon actually ran him off of screens a lot. They had like a circle pin down play that they ran for him coming up to the top of the key. So he's got some movement potential there. Um, I don't really think he's, you know, much of a passer <laughs> like at all. He's more of like a play finisher. Um, he averaged but, 0.8 assists across 64 games. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was trying to, you know, be, be a little nice there. <laughs> Didn't want to bring up any specifics, but, uh, yeah, I, I think Jalen can be a pretty good role player, just like a spacing, uh, not like a three and D guy, but like, you know, room protection, three point shooting big. And there's obviously value there. The Pelicans one is interesting. I had him going lower than that. But yeah, what I ideally want for the Pelicans to pair with Zion Williamson is Miles Turner. And Jalen Smith has that rim protection, three-point shooting profile similar to Miles. Um, not yeah. saying he's going to be as good as Miles Turner, because if he is, it's a huge result. But that is, again, that sort of archetype that I think fits perfectly alongside Zion Williamson. So it would make sense. And in, in a draft as weird and as flat as this one, if that's what you think is the player that you need and the guy who's you know got equal chance of you know another 10 guys to be uh, as good of a player, then I think maybe you make that decision and go that way. So I do agree that fit would make sense if that three-point volume, which is almost three a game, maybe he starts taking six a game and hitting him at 36% and blocking two shots per game. That's a really, really valuable player to come in and play yeah. alongside someone like uh, Zion Williamson. He's not a guy that's going to be demanding you know, high usage or anything like that. And you know, I think he's got a way to fit into the NBA pretty comfortably with the skills that he's bringing at this point. So he is going to be exciting to watch and see how he develops over, over the course of his NBA career. Spencer. Thank you for coming on and talking about all of those uh, all of those prospects with me. We are again a couple of weeks away here from the NBA draft, and uh, yeah, pretty busy time and pretty exciting time. Yeah, it's it's been a long time. It's been a year. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next class. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, it is, the next class is going to be at least have some uh, players with uh, some significant star upside. So that's going to be pretty exciting. But thank you for coming on oh, Locked yeah. On Fantasy Basketball with me today, Spencer. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's it's been fun. All right, that does it for today's show, guys. We're going to be back tomorrow with another uh, NBA Draft podcast. Who are we talking about tomorrow? We're going to be talking about some other guys who we haven't covered, some some lower-end guys. Jay Scrub, a, a name that you maybe haven't heard before. Grant Rilla, Zeke Nagy, uh, Teo Maladon. Some players a little bit lower on the list, but some interesting prospects nonetheless. We'll be talking about them tomorrow. Don't forget, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Instagram, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.